Good evening to you. It is Saturday, November 5th at 8.13 p.m. Purdue has just dropped another game uh, in the 2022 season. Now they're 5-4 and four after getting absolutely spanked by Iowa 24-7 in windy West Lafayette. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little about it, but first... Let me thank our sponsors. Uh, thanks to Martin Vintage. Martin Vintage has been around us for a long time. We appreciate him. Purdue family. And uh, they sell pretty cool gear. Check them out. MartinVintage.com. Go get a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. They got a new one they really like a lot. And I like it too. It's got uh, an old-fashioned Purdue Pete. And uh, the bell tower. And and um, and the engineering fountain in the background. Uh, and it's got a, a block P on the sleeve. Pretty cool. Check it out. If you buy it, if you buy anything, enter Boiled at checkout, get 15% off, and also head over to AJ's on Vine when you're in uh, on campus, eataj's.com if you want to order ahead. Great stuff. Enjoy uh, a pint, enjoy some beef and some burgers, uh, and watch one of their screens with delicious, wonderful college football on it while you're in town, eataj's.com. So uh, I said this earlier on Twitter, um, and I wanted to expound a bit on it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not angry this week. I'm uh, not like I was after the Wisconsin game. The Wisconsin game really had me upset because, to me, that was a game that okay, right there. If you, if you, if you take advantage of it, you take a big step as a program, big step for the the year. Kind of make a statement internally to the team. Okay, things are different. Turn the corner. Coming into the Iowa game, I fully expected a very, very motivated Iowa team because of the. Um, the two transfers, of course, have made a big deal uh, at Purdue. Uh, one of them has been huge. Uh, Charlie Jones has been huge for Purdue. And the other one, of course, was uh, Jeff Brom's dominance over Kirk Ferentz. That's a, that's a big deal. And uh, I don't think you needed any extra reason to motivate Iowa. But uh, hearing week after week after week how bad that offense is, and then the statistics truly back up that Iowa's offense is not good. Iowa was ready. Uh, Purdue was not ready. Again, that's that's kind of the hardest thing, I think, as a fan to swallow when your favorite team comes to a game and they just don't look like they're all there. Again, another very bad game by Aiden O'Connell. Uh, two interceptions, no touchdowns. That's also a big deal. Something worth talking about, of course. And um, the end result, Purdue loses in a listless effort. The weather was... It could have been worse, okay? Coming in, uh, everybody, including myself, talked about how this uh, one of Jeff Brom's kryptonites is rain. Really bad, rainy games. Purdue, I think, has won one since he's been there. And this day, it looked like it could be a really rotten day. It could be a very rainy, very windy. Well, the rain cleared out a lot quicker than we thought it was going to coming into the game. And instead, it was just hellaciously windy if you're watching on tv i don't know if it translates on tv how windy it was and one of the ways i knew it is the drive home the walk back to the car were just there was debris everywhere and it, and at one point i was waiting outside of a store and i could lean into the wind like at an angle um my guess was 50 60 miles per hour let me tell you a little bit before i get too deep into this quick cast I haven't had a chance to listen to post-game reaction from the team or from Coach Brom, okay? Um, I really haven't done any of that. I went to the game, drove home. My family and I watched some other games at, uh, at Noble Romans in, uh, in uh, Whitestown. 
great stop, by the way, there. They're not a sponsor, but um, it's kind of a tradition. It's what my family does. And uh, so got to decompress a little bit and enjoy the company. And I'm always reminded about how blessed I am just to be able to watch these games with my family. So the, the, in the big picture, I mean, who the hell cares? But in the smaller picture, the fact that Purdue just um, allowed another opportunity to slip away, the maybe one of the last chances, if not the last chance to win a divisional championship. Um, I mean, it was right there in front of them. And then, and then Illinois goes and loses to Michigan State, and that opportunity is right back in front of Purdue. The old adage of fool me once, uh, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, could be apt here, right? You could look and say, okay, well, I'm going to have my hopes way up, and that's good for you if you're opti- uh, optimistic heading into the, to the Illinois game. I don't have the perspective you do. And the reason I don't have that perspective is I'm starting to believe that this team has some things happening beneath the surface that we might not know about. They do not have, they don't have a lot of pop when you watch them play. Obviously the defensive backfield has been bad all season, but the next part, the next part is the, um, uh, Aiden O'Connell isn't, doesn't look like the player he was last year. The, The rest of the wide receiver core hasn't stepped up. Um, the offensive line, to me, has done a pretty good job this year. Um, the defensive front is now being pulled away because it looks like Purdue is coming in with like a nickel package very often to try to stop the pass because they have such a hard time stopping those chunk plays that Jeff Brom talks so much about. And today, Purdue plays the, plays the worst offense in the Big Ten statistically. And every game, if you've watched Iowa play, they've looked like a team that can't do anything right on offense. They did everything right. For a major chunk of the game, until they pretty much took their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, they could do whatever they wanted. They could run it on Purdue, and they could pass it. And part of the reason they could run so evenly is because, again, Purdue is trying to do things to hide the defensive backfield problems. Um, I can tell you I had some comments that I'm not going to share here on the quick cast for multiple reasons about my thoughts on the defense. But what I will say is this defense is in major shambles. I just I can't get over that. It's one thing for the offense to play poor, poorly when the conditions are like that. So you look at it and we can say, all right, Aiden O'Connell is in his own head. And Jeff Brom has had this problem over and over and over when the weather's inclement. When Jeff Brom is playing a defense that he respects, he also goes into a little bit of a conservative mode. Well, everything lined up today to be that game. And it turns out that it, that's exactly what happened, where Brom's chef, uh, play calling to me, looks completely vanilla. It looks like um, all the things that we think of when we, when I think of Jeff Brom as a play caller, I think of kind of the innovative uh, ability to create matchups for the defense and the gadget plays that kind of made the impact at Purdue. The only time they ran a gadget play today, it literally was busted before it even started. Um, the timing of it looked bad. Purdue looked like they didn't understand, like, like, if it, if it, they should have just kind of thrown up the, thrown up their hands and dove on the ground and said, okay, this is not, it's not gonna work today, not gonna work on that play specifically. But the play calling really makes you scratch your head uh, because I, I believe that Brom was intimidated by the, the wind, and on the other side of the ball, Brian Ferentz, who is much beleaguered on social media and elsewhere, looked like a genius. He had, he had. Petrus looking like a quarterback that was an all-Big Ten type of player. They're rolling him out, making plays easy for him. Petrus made smart throws, kept the ball underneath the wind. And at the same time, on the other side, O'Connell seemed to 
not be able to get through his head what wind he was dealing with. So when Purdue would switch fields, he would still throw the ball the same way he did the other way. And so, like, when he's got the wind in his back, he's still throwing it hard to try to throw it into the wind, and he would sail it. And I think both of his, both of his interceptions maybe should have been knocked down by those players. I think they went between their hands. The one by Tracy specifically where it went between, it literally went through his hands, right through his hands, and it wasn't stopped, and it went right into the, the safety's hands on Iowa. That's a play that Tyrone Tracy, if you don't catch it, you got to knock it down. you got to keep your thumbs and your finger, your first fingers together. Like, this is stuff, I played a very little bit of football. I can tell you, my coach ha- just hammered me on that idea. Get your hands closer together. You're going to make the catch, or you're at least going to, you're going to have a higher chance of making the catch. His hands were too far apart to even slow down the ball, and so it looked like a pass right to the defensive back. It wasn't a good pass. I'm not saying it was a good pass. I'm saying... Tracy did no favors for O'Connell. Let's look a bit at the, uh, at the stats that really tell more of the story that you already, already have heard. Like I said, Petrus played much better. He outshined O'Connell. O'Connell probably, you could argue, his three worst games he's played of his career. Um, one was in 21, uh, and then he's played two in a row that are right there. This one, 20 of 43, 168 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, sacked three times. On the other side, uh, Petrus was 13 to 23, 192 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was also sacked three times. And in the first half, it looked like Purdue might be able to get to Petrus because that offensive line allows a lot of sacks. Their defense is so salt, uh, stingy. They're, 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 it's a very good defensive unit. We knew it statistically. You saw it versus good offenses. And Purdue did nothing to take advantage of that. The first drive, though, let's let's go. Let's look at kind of the tone being set. The first drive on the scripted plays, Purdue marches down the field. Maccabee looked excellent. I think Jones had an early catch, like a short one underneath. They were really keeping the wind out of play, and Purdue was going into the wind. And then uh, O'Connell throws a pass. I think it was a slant, and Jones drops it. And it, it maybe a little bit behind. It wasn't a perfect pass, but it's very catchable ball. Jones drops it, and it felt like the air came out of the balloon, and that was it. I mean, really, after that, Purdue put together one drive. They they really didn't knock on the door at all. Uh, on the day, Maccabee finishes with four and a half yards of carry, downing nearly four yards of carry. Um, they combined for uh, 100 yards. Maccabee looked dangerous to me. He looked like a guy that if, if, had, if the situation would have been different, maybe Purdue could have you know, used him more and done some things, but it really doesn't matter. Uh, Laporta from Iowa, the, the big tight end, three receptions, 71 yards. On the other side, Jones led Purdue, another 100-yard game, 11 receptions, 104 yards. Uh, Payne Durham, two receptions, 35 yards. After that, a um, bunch of guys caught the ball, um, but... How much is it worth? Let's see. You got so four, five, six, seven, eight guys caught the ball. So I'm not uh, like I said, not angry. Uh, I'm. Uh, I don't want. I don't know if I'm apathetic, but Purdue loses. They fit, they drop the five and four. Um, and the stupid thing is, they still <laughs> they still have a chance to win the West. They play Illinois like next week. Illinois played poorly. They scored 15 points versus Michigan State. Michigan State's been a team that much of the season has looked really, really bad. Um, and uh, they looked really good versus Illinois. Or they, they, look, they look stingy on defense. Uh, Illinois scores 15 points after the game. Uh, Belima whined about something, about guys faking injury or something. I couldn't. I, I, I tried to decipher what he's saying. I think he was saying that 
that Michigan State players were faking injury so to, to slow down Illinois' vaunted offense. And it's one thing for Tennessee to make that claim against Purdue last year because they played this high high pace. Purdue was cramping that entire game to, to go back. It's quite another for Illinois who doesn't score much to make that claim. And it sounds like that's what Belima was saying. So uh, I appreciate everybody here, here who is live. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple comments here. Uh, Robert Gill says, pathetic performance. He's not wrong. Um, Greg McManus says, sadness reaction cast. No, Jack. No, no joke. And sadness might be a better way to look at it than, than uh, anger, like I said. Um, Mohill93, who's been a traveler this year, I don't forget, uh, went to Maryland, I think went to Wisconsin. That's, that's rugged right there. Um, says, never leave a game early, but it left without three minutes left in the third quarter. This one was, it felt like it was over right after. So the, the Purdue was down 17. They were down 17 to um, three. And then Iowa rips off like a 65-yard run first drive in the second half. Purdue drops to 24 uh, to, yeah, 24-3. Felt like that was it. Purdue's offense wasn't going to be able to move the ball, and sure enough, that was that was the end of the game. Uh, Patrick Pence says, unacceptable, excusable, uh, unacceptable, inexcusable, and pathetic performance. That's all I can say. Agreed, Patrick. Uh, nothing to add to that other than um, the way the defense played is a lot harder for me to swallow than the way the offense played just because of the conditions and the fact you're playing a team that really has had a hard time. Save the Northwestern game, Iowa really hasn't been able to move the ball versus opponents. And they just were able to move the ball in these horrible conditions. Like It's almost like Brahm saw this as an impedance and Brian Ferentz saw this as something, an opportunity, and it's all about perspective. Um, Let's see, Handel Jones uh, deliberately decided not to watch this game because I knew what would happen. I wish I was wrong. Handel has more important things to do. He has a, he has a more important job than I do. I know that. <clears throat> so good decision for you. Uh, tough Saturday for those who, start, who decide to watch. Um, Greg McManus says he and Brom have tunnel vision. Uh, they have a target, and, and everyone knows it. So, Greg, let me talk. Uh, so the diff, one of the big losses, of course, from last year, obviously losing Wright hurts Purdue this year because he would have been back and he would have been a big target. He's a big body. He didn't have the best hands. Let's not gloss over that. He had a problem for about half the season dropping the ball last year. But also, David Bell was absolutely Aiden O'Connell's security blanket last year. And one of the best things or Bell did was he would find the soft spots in zones and Jones has done a decent job of that, but Bell was was a master at that, right? And so O'Connell, he'd go through his progressions. If Bell wasn't the first guy, he'd go through and maybe even come back to him. So fourth, fifth progression, come back, Bell's open because he would do a pretty good job. Bell's a great player. He's a, I don't want to say generational type player. He's close. He's close. So losing that hurts. It's become more and more apparent every week how much O'Connell misses him. Um yeah, Greg Mass says, FS1 crew mentioned a little bit, uh, but didn't con- uh, convey how hard the wind was, I believe, is what he's talking about. And it was it was bad. And if you talk to your friends who were in the stadium, you can see it the weather. It really was a factor, and especially was a factor Purdue. Somehow Iowa had domes over them during offense, and they just freaking sliced Purdue up. Um, it's pretty painful. Melissa Hunt says, Changes need to be made somewhere. It's painfully obvious. Melissa, I completely agree. And the question is, what are the changes going to be made? How quickly will they be made? Is it something that we haven't... I'm trying to think. 
we've seen some tweaks to the coaching staff during the year, um, during Brahms' time here, back in that, um, I'm trying to think of the year. Um, there have been tweaks, but we haven't seen major overhauls of the coaching staff ever during the season in, in Brahms' tenure. If you're going to do it, now seems like a good time. And I'm not going to dig too far into what I think should happen, but I completely agree that something needs to change. And I think it's a major change, more than a minor change. You've, I'm very frustrated watching that defense. I, I don't know. If, if there's, there's some rumors going around out there that there's, there's some fighting, infighting on the team on defense. And the rumors I thought were silly when I first heard them a couple weeks ago. And now it starts to feel like there may be some legs to that because this team just does not look like they have it right now, especially on defense. Um, let's see. Kevin Pass says uh, apathetic is a good word. I guess Illinois lost to uh, our Illinois losses are Mulligan at the division. Party on! And I love the sarcasm there, Kevin, because that's it's not much to celebrate getting a chance at the 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 West. It's really not that. It's kind of a hollow victory because of the way Purdue has skidded the last few weeks. Now, there's a long history of Jeff Brom teams looking like they're dead during seasons and then coming, you know, like that old uh, that gif of The Undertaker, whoever it is, the WWF wrestler, sitting up. And that's what it's felt like many years. It, I, don't, I don't know if this team has that. It, it just doesn't feel like they have that. I guess they can prove me wrong, and they hopefully will. But it sure doesn't feel like they've got that based on the personnel and the issues that they're having. Um, Chris Curtis says this offense doesn't work with one producing wide receiver. Yeah, and we saw Yassine, I think, had his first catch on the year. I think I'm right about that. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, looks like we've got more people. It's great. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think you need another option or two to arise. And still, Brock Thompson is injured. Um, and Yassine is not is not as much of a part of the offense. That could be multiple things. That could be, like we saw a couple weeks ago, um, I don't know if he was on the same page as O'Connell, and that idea of not being on the same page as a quarterback just because he hasn't been available in camp, hasn't been available in practice, that idea of not knowing a guy's tendencies and where they're going to go, especially as a play breaks down, that's probably probably a big deal. Um, Mohill93 says, Michigan State has eight defensive players suspended. This is a great point. So, down eight players because of the melee at University of Michigan. Michigan State still found a way to hold Illinois to 15 points and to beat them at Illinois. I believe that game was in Champaign. That is a huge deal, and that's a team that was just motivated. And I always talk about pushing the psychological buttons of a bunch of kids that, that play a game, and it doesn't seem like those buttons are being pushed right now on the Purdue's defensive side of the ball specifically. Like I said, I'm going to give more leniency to the offense this week. But the defense I'm having a really hard time being lenient with because of uh, just the uh, circumstances on the day and who you're playing. But I, I got to tell you, that motivation for Iowa, it was all there and it was really obvious to me. They just looked like a team that was ready. Um, Melissa Hunt says, my whole section was chanting, run the ball during the first half. Uh, it was the highlight of the game for me. So being around those people. The highlight of my game, like I said, the highlight of the game for me is just being around people I care for. And I guess you got to take away the positives when the game is that bad. Always good to hang out with people you care for or enjoy your section, whatever it is. Find your takeaway because um, tough to tough to find a positive just on what was uh, on the field. Robert Gill says basketball starts on Tuesday. Yeah, that's good. That's big fun. Uh, of course, BTN isn't airing that game, I don't think. I think that one's, again, on BTN minus. Like I said, I do not encourage you to buy that 
month subscription, whatever it is, because it's not going to pay off for you. That's a crappy service. Um, let's see. Let's see. Anything else? Greg McManus, the hardest, toughest thing coaching is tail is tailoring to the talent you have rather than the, to force your style. Brom needs to book some time with Painter on how he changes thing up. Matt Painter is freaking brilliant at changing his system for the talent that's there. Uh, Jeff Brom, uh, mercy. Uh, this is not a good season for Jeff Brown. That's all I can say. This has not been a good season. And whenever you have high expectations, this is a hard thing. Remember Joe Tiller years and years ago said, manage your expectations when Purdue had high expectations of the preseason. And, uh, man, uh, it's a hard thing for me to say manage expectations. Great things come with high expectations. Let's look at a program like Ohio State that just this year, they expect to be in the conversation for the national title. And granted, this is a, a different level because they're Ohio State. I'm not saying put Purdue on that plane. But Purdue fans really thought this would be a season where you get 8, 9, 10 wins. Eight wins still on the board somehow. Nine wins is gone. Ten wins is gone. And Jay Money here at Boiled Sports has been just – craving that 10 win season forever and he's gonna have to wait at least another year if not a couple um that's a, i'm not gonna read that anyway so thanks for to everybody for tuning in been on for quite a while uh it's it's i really appreciate the people tuning in live and thanks to you if you're tuning in on tape um it's a, it's a tough one. Lick your wounds if you're a fan. Come back. Stay hopeful. I talked to some people walking out of the stadium. It was awesome. Some younger people. And, um, and they were talking about the coaching situation, their theory. And we went back and forth a little bit. And um, it's just a tough one to swallow. That's all. I don't think Purdue wants most Purdue fans to feel like I feel. Because I'm one of the people, just like you, if you're watching this, you're a diehard if you're here. Um, but like I said, I feel a lot more apathetic than I am angry. And that's not a good thing to do. I hate it, but I didn't have to cool off. I could have, I could have done a post game right after the game because I, I didn't feel like I did after the Wisconsin game. So that's not good. I don't think Brom wants that. And I don't think Babinski wants that. Uh, and the players sure as hell don't deserve that. So I need to get my head right. But the bigger thing, those high expectations, right? That's what causes you to feel like garbage after a loss. I expected Purdue to go to Wisconsin and play like they're capable of playing, and they didn't do that at all. And so I felt like I had, I had put myself in the position where I was setting myself up for a, for a letdown, and sure enough, I did. So I was a little bit angry at myself for not saying, look at the past. That's what I've been trying to, as an older fan, as a guy that, you know, been around a little bit. I'm 47. Many of you are older than me, same age, whatever. Um, but so I, I probably did to myself, but regardless if I did it to myself or whatever it is. Today I came in and I was like, okay, chance to win the West if uh, Purdue can handle their business here. And that was with, you know, Illinois on the table, right? I said, got to get through Iowa to get to Illinois. Well, now the same exact situation there. But the funny thing, the West, the mediocre West is now bunched up. You've got four or five teams that can win the, the West. And, um, man, Purdue could just handle their business for the next three games. They get, the, they get the reward of going to <laughs> Indianapolis and playing Ohio State. That'd be a fun one. So um, that's about it. Um, have a great day. Have a great evening. It's 830. Go enjoy some college f football. God bless you. Enjoy your family. Hammer down. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.